endocannabinoid system, anandamide, endocannabinoid deficiency, THC, CBG, cannabis, the bliss molecule. The American Journal of Endocannabinoid Medicine welcomes you to AGEM Live, a podcast for physicians and healthcare professionals. Can you talk about some of the research out there and how it's conducted regarding exploring the effects of CBD? Was this the first clinical trial anywhere to explore the relationship between cannabis and autism? Can you talk a little bit about what your experience was when you were working with those patients and trying to find decent or adequate treatment options for them and what your limitations might have been? On today's episode... Our previous studies established that certain molecules of cannabis have anti-cancer activity against different cell lines that we've examined previously. Therefore, I was quite optimistic as a scientist, of course, as to the activity of cannabis against ovarian cancer. Hello, this is Larry Luxner. We're at Canamed 23 in Marco Island, Florida, speaking with Professor Hinanit Koltai, a senior research scientist at Israel's Volcani Institute. She's also associate director of the Institute's Academic Affairs Department. Dr. Koltai's presentation describes the phytocannabinoids that have the potential to treat ovarian cancer. Thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you. Let's talk about your presentation and how you got into this. Uh, why is this subject so important to you? Um, we believe that uh, cannabis is underexploited in terms of medical activity. We think that uh, cannabis might be a base uh, for development of new um, therapeutic products, new medicine for the treatment of different medical indications. And in order to better exploit the potential of cannabis, we look for the composition of active compounds, active molecules that cannabis produces. And we ask what is the best composition for treatment of a certain medical condition. What is your um, scientific background and how did you get into the field of uh, cannabinoids? I'm a biologist. I'm a scientist uh, for more than 20 years now in Vulcani Institute. I, I, my, my education is molecular biology, and as a molecular biologist, I was able to work on plants to better characterize a plant's a, a medicinal properties and then to focus on cannabis as one of the most effective plants that I've ever worked on. Incredible. Um, you started by saying that uh, this work is the vision and legacy of a very unique, unique lady. Uh, we're speaking, of course, about Michelle. Uh, would you talk uh, just a bit about how you, how you connected and, uh, and what you were able to do uh, in the short time that you worked with her? Michelle contacted me. Um, and, and the minute that I met her via, by, by, uh, by Zoom, uh, I was completely uh, um, astonished with Michelle's personality and her hope to find new treatments that might be effective against ovarian cancer the disease that she, that she suffered from. 
And I understand it's only um, the survival rate, you said, is, is very low of very few women survive for five years after diagnosis. That's true. That's true. Right. And it means that uh, today modern medicine then does not have a proper and effective enough uh, treatment. How did you hit upon the idea of cannabis as a potential treatment for ovarian cancer? Mm-hmm. Uh, our uh, previous uh, studies uh, established uh, that cannabis has, and, and certain molecules uh, of cannabis have anti-cancer activity against different cell lines that we've examined previously. Therefore, I was quite optimistic, as a scientist, of course, as to the activity of cannabis against ovarian cancer. It is important to say that we have not examined the anti-ovarian cancer activity of cannabis before Michelle approached me. But once she did, we gathered together for a, collab, a collabor, collaborative research with Michelle and Bruce. And the last year of Michelle's life was dedicated to this research. So until this time, nobody had looked into the potential of cannabis uh, with regard to ovarian cancer. Nobody in the world. Almost, almost nobody. There were only two or three research studies that uh, we could find in the scientific literature. And these studies, as important as they were, showed anti-cancer activity for cannabis, but they did not define the actual compounds that are working. And this is exactly the question that we ask. Okay, cannabis has a potential, but what is really working in cannabis in terms of mole of molecules, of active molecules? So could you describe the pathway that you discovered and isolated and why you think it's effective? What we did is we, we screened different cannabis strains, commercial str strains and non-commercial strains, to find the most effective ones. We found that ADQ, which is a well-known strain, which is high THC strain, was the most effective. Then, to determine what compounds and what composition of compounds is the most effective ones, we examined fractions of the DQ extract. Uh, we identified fractions that are highly active against ovarian cancer cells. They kill these cells. And following, we determined, uh, by chemical analysis, we determined the composition and the mode of action. I see. Talk a bit, if you would, about funding of your research. This obviously takes a lot of money. Uh, where are these funds coming from? This research is and was funded by, by Michelle, by Michelle and by Bruce. Uh, this research became to be the legacy of Michelle and by her uh, kind support, we were able to conduct all uh, preclinical pre studies that, uh, that we do. It is important to say that first, only clinical trials will prove efficacy and that we are actively looking for additional funds that will enable us 
to go into clinical trials. And this is so important because when the, the modern medicine does not have a proper enough answer for patients, then if we see any potential, any potential of treatment with cannabis, uh, I think this is something that should be explored. Will those trials be held in Israel or will they be international? They can absolutely be international. What I would like to add is that we do not think that cannabis will be treated as a sole treatment, but rather cannabis will be additional or complementary treatment to these patients that get treated by chemotherapy or irradiation. So standard of care plus cannabis? Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, when do you think you might be able to, uh, to initiate clinical trials, let's say, you know, human trials, uh, what's the timetable? Does it all depend on funding or are there other factors? It, it is mostly depends on funding, mostly. I, I think that we are quite uh, progressed in terms of, uh, of laying the, the scientific basis of the activity, the term of the of determination of the API formulation. And what is needed now is funding to go and, and process this scientific data into clinical trials and into development of new cannabis-based products to treat this disease. To that end, are you working with, for example, the uh, Multidisciplinary Center for Cannabinoid Research in Jerusalem or with any other Israeli institutions at this time? At this time, uh, I'm working with uh, different medical institutes. Uh, I'm very much uh, um, relying on uh, interaction and collaboration with MDs uh, since they are the ones that are able to, uh, to let the results to be translated to treatments. So uh, my collaboration is mainly with hospitals in Israel, yes. What about, for example, US-based uh, organizations such as the Israel Cancer Research Fund? We do not have any collaboration with them yet, but we are, we are very much open to that, no doubt, of course. Thank you very much for your time. We're, we're just about out of, uh, of time. I appreciate your uh, efforts, and it's a pleasure speaking with you, and we wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to AGEM Live. Visit us online at endocannabinoidmedicine.com.